0: And welcome to BirdCast, I'm John Deere. Over the course of this series we'll be looking at every manifestation of Quatermass on TV, film and on radio, and from time to time explore some related media with a selection of guests. In our second episode we reach the Haydoke conclusion as actor, comedian and writer Toby Haydoke and I examine the remaining episodes of the Quatermass experiment and try to shed a light on some long-buried mysteries, including Did the story have a title prior to bring something back? Were telerecordings made of episodes three to six? is it really true that Nigel O'Neill didn't know how he was going to finish the story when the first episode went out? Did Neil invent found footage horror? And just how drunk did Dr Briscoe have to get on that flight over from Australia?
1: So episode 2, Persons Reported Missing. Was it a thing that all the episode titles of this seem to be from speech? Because in Quatermass 2 it's always the verb and a noun. Yes, they're quite or spare, the aren't yeah, they? Yes, the bolts yeah, and yeah. the mark.
2: Yes, It's a curious one, it's almost like they grab bits of speech or headlines. I don't think I've got special knowledge and very special knowledge of variants on episodes 3 okay. titles, but I think other than that, the titles are what they are, whereas I've got for Quatermass and the Pit various different iterations of things. The series itself, Quatermass Express, is called The Unbegotten for a while. That was that's its original, original title, yeah. And then bring something back. I, I know we bring something back because yeah. that's the line that Judith says. Yes, it was Murray well. Watson. It was his biggest memory was that they all thought that was hilarious. It's odd because it's a deliberate thing. It's a deliberately sort of trite thing yeah. that, but because that was some of the first stuff that was recorded was the stuff of the astronauts going away that we see in this oh, okay, episode. Right. And Caroon says, "You know, you said to bring something back." Oh, in that, when they recorded that, that was still the title, was it? What Murray Watson said was that they all thought that was really funny. And so then it isn't called to bring
1: something back, back anymore. So, but it still works because... I think it's right? because he does bring something, something back. And also it's a, it's a callback because she mentions that in the interview. with the you're like, oh, I said something, bring something back, darling. Yes, yeah, so she says, I said something a bit silly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and he so, does, he brings back uh, an alien rifle. So the actors didn't right? have a cl- <laughs> Actors typically undermining the
2: writer, <laughs> making him feel bad. So then he has to go for a more exciting type. <laughs> <laughs> was there any uh, request on changing? It's interesting Because the stuff About it being called Bring something back I think is mostly anecdotal Don't hold me to this But there's certainly
3: Paperwork with it Being called the Unbegotten And I think it was Commissioned as the Unbegotten And at some point Comes the Quatermass experiment
2: As I say Quatermass When he was doing The synopses of Quatermass The professor Who wasn't called Quatermass Didn't have a name When they first did it it It's Professor Blank Professor X Uh, Yeah Uh, He doesn't have a a name Yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we have The voiceover And reprise From episode one Which The voiceover is now John Glenn Who plays Briscoe. It is, yes But it's um, The previously on an American Experiment yeah. Is now like De rigueur for them. But this yeah. is one Of the first uses Presumably Is yeah, Well I looked Into this Because it. I was Trying to Solve this
2: mystery As to whether There had been Previously odds On other stuff And somebody pointed Me in the direction Of The Low Ranger And I think That's a film series And that has So American television I think has a precedent For having Previously odds With film Because and of
1: f- Serialised film series
2: Yeah yeah. Because I was Trying to work out The big mystery As to whether Any of the the Quatermass experiment was filled with Charlotte. And the received wisdom is th- And especially on the evidence Of episode two Where instead of being A neatly cut together Summation of the previous episodes It's all the actors Standing in a line <laughs> <laughs> And I always feel sorry cause, Because Marsh is called Peter Marsh Is he in the credits? I think he is in the credits And in the script But when they go along It's, it's Professor Quirinmas And Judith Groon And John Patterson And Marsh But it's like We're not giving him Because he's not in it again After this episode He's only going to get a surname But and it's them in a line And they all sort of Look to the thing And it's a bit stylised A bit stage, I rather like it <laughs> Will we watch it? Isn't yeah, it okay? yeah no, yes. <laughs> but Early on, Cartier had requested recording bits of it in order to, or recording the episodes in order to do a previously on next week. Now we know that after episode two, there's no telly recorded. We don't, even though there is a listing for episode one in Canadian TV
1: listings magazine. Was that? Canada's was that because? It. Was that because they'd seen what they'd done and it's not good enough broadcast quality? Therefore, we won't do any more. There's a fly in episode two. <laughs> there uh, is,
2: and I think the fly sort of scuppers it. And we're talking beyond episode two on this, aren't yes, you, yeah, I yeah, yeah. tell you about, because there was all sorts of plans. Uh, and certainly, obviously, what happens on episode two is that they don't use stuff from episode one, of which they did have a recording mm-hmm. um, to do a previously on, so people naturally think, well, they didn't do it for the one that they've got a recording on. They clearly didn't do it for the rest of the episodes. I think they did, because okay. there's film requisitions that show there's a certain amount of film footage has been bought, paid for, uh, you know, developing costs and whatever. And it seems to me, and also because the cast lists for later episodes, so actors like... Jack Rodney who's in episode 3 is listed as film only and an extra on episode 4. Now, there's no way that Jack Rodney who was an actor who played speaking parts would suddenly come back next week to be an extra. His character is dead and is off. Extra means non-speaking but you still have to be covered in the paperwork because if footage of you is used it has to go through agent and equity and all that, that sort of thing. So my supposition there is that footage of Jack Rodney non-speaking and on film is because it's footage from the previous episode saying and there was a, he was kidnapped by a gangster and that Carter he had earmarked which bits he had wanted used in the recap, and those were filmed at the rehearsal stage. So there was a film camera in the rehearsal stage capturing the bits that they wanted to then cut together. So it wasn't actually from the episode, but it was footage of the action from rehearsals put it to next week's episode to show out wow. does that make sense it does yes I think that's what yeah. happened and even to the extent that there's a, some specially shot footage of um, the outside broadcast van featured in episodes 5 and 6 that is shot I think for use in a shot that wasn't in the episode but is used to give context for the beginning of episode 6 was that shot sure? in the studio or in the grounds I, I think it was in the, the grounds Valley, Valley, Valley. Valley. I presume oh, the,
1: uh, the, when we get to the, the, the flashback or well, the Briscoe's film sequence of the three journalists that's shot outside down Is it was out of, of the astronauts yeah. takeoff, yeah, that's
2: amongst some of the first stuff
1: done. That was
2: because there's also a couple of extras booked. Uh, this is too boring to go into. But anyway, I've spent that's the day day for days. I spent <laughs> days. Trying to work out If these two extras Were used Because there's a couple Of technicians in that Taking off sequence But I think they're Stock footage But the extras are booked And their costumes Are also requested To be overalls and caps So they do look familiar But I've seen that Stock footage elsewhere And there's also Stock footage requested Of And the extras are also In front of big banks Of equipment and stuff That they wouldn't have had Because the astronauts Are just in front of a sky So I think maybe They booked these Couple of extras And then didn't use them But nobody cares Except me But it took me days To come up with Not a definitive answer (laughs) That's what I'm doing for you people. The early filming was that takeoff uh, and also um, I think it was on July the 3rd they did the scenes at the beginning that are also used in episode one of um, Marsh and Quatermass in the yeah. rocket and it's a longer sequence in episode one than in episode two
1: and were they filmed at Ali Pali as well were they filmed in a film studio
2: yeah as what and I think it was the, I could be rather the first work to be done was the which again is also you think it's a, a slightly trivial part of the show but it was in Neil's mind from the very beginning is the 3D movie that they see at the cinema and do you see that as a two-image, as you can see a 3D shot if you didn't have 3D glasses? Yes, I can describe exactly what, what they did. There's quite a lot of... Neil went into it in lot of and actually Keith Harrington, who plays the space lieutenant, had worked with Neil in the theatre and actually did a lot of work in the States, um, even though he wasn't American himself. I think he was from various St. Tins or something. So the movie was filmed in Studio B of Alexandra Palace on the 3rd of July, which is the same day that they filmed the stuff inside the spaceship with uh, Quatern.
0: And Marsh, they double printed the film so that you. Could oh, is it, and then you you saw it as it was. Yeah, so there was, there was a missed effect
2: for doing it, but yeah, they they double printed it. Mist, so the mist effect, or, yeah. they, or they missed. It. Oh, oh no, no, a mist effect, effect of missed. Right. Yes.
1: So back to episode two. Karoon is. Taken by two ambulance men and hoisted up, and they don't put him on a stretcher because it's easier to support him by just, just, just tracking him, him d- d- off. Tra- dragging yeah. him off onto the as well, and immediately the press descend on him and try and interview him. Yeah. Like when people say, "God no, like we don't know what's happened to him," there's a major mystery. There's, there's a major issue that everyone's treating him. Basically, we've got a right to know. Put a put a mic in his face, and it's very much like he's being treated like he's just finished a marathon. He's an explorer. He's a sports scientist rather than a scientist. You seen as like the thing. Is part of the British amateur adventurer rather than serious scientist? Is how we're is our dreams. Well, I, I'm not sure it's a
2: deliberate policy. I think it's just a quaint matter of resources, you know, and they, and a bit of a, a, a stretching of credibility in order to fit into what you can do in the television studio. I suppose that's no more than having the,
1: the journalists go right up front to the scientist <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right to the rocket. But the questions they have, therefore, the logical deductions they make when the journalists realise that the other two astronauts aren't in there, therefore, they can't have been in there at the start if they had. Got out if we've already established the door didn't open for for purposes for dramatic purposes established the journalists are then going well therefore the the astrals weren't in there when it took off and if that's not true then is it true that they've been farther than they've been before and if that's not true is the whole thing just a bloody hoax and then these are the- yeah which is really interesting it's not
2: in the direction you'd sort of expect it to go no. the idea that um, it, yeah it sets the seed of doubt that the thing that we know that happened actually yeah. ever happened and it's quite pressing about sort of misinformation and all those sorts of things so the idea of fake moon landings and all that sort of thing, which were, you know, people not happened happen, uh, or, or a alone bit speculated about. And again, that all goes down to him telling the story through the press as well. So to give the press something to do is to to give that element of doubt, which is a total red herring and nothing to do with the plot, but it puts the pressure on quite a mass and it adds to the sort of mystery that needs investigating and distracts them from solving the mystery because they've got all this other stuff that they need to... Sort out. Was it always that there was going to be six episodes,
1: that was—I mean—that was the brief for Neil, so he, he had yeah. like three hours worth of material yeah. to do yeah, so. Six episodes.
0: So Quatermain and Patterson make a proper examination of the capsule
1: of the, of the rocket, but they take a police inspector, not not Inspector Lomax, we've not been introduced to him yet, but the inspector, a is there. very old a police <laughs> inspector. Some people have. I think it's a Neil Morrissey. Like, Not out of life, duty. Life, life duty, yeah. He's like, his career didn't go like as quite as high as he wanted. This guy's been a police inspector for. For, I, I, I'm not retired. I, I mean, that. I know people
2: seemed older in the old days. I think <laughs> Eugene Lear is only about sixty. I think he's about sixty-seven, but he still seems quite yeah. old to be a serving officer. I did do a little bit of looking to see if uh, it was likely that he would still be serving, and it was suggested to me because it's post-war. We're so, only eight years out from yes, World War Two. The there, the, the there was a shortage of yeah. so ex- experience, but I mean, he can barely get his lines out, bless him. Yeah. Uh, and he was quite an illustrious actor. He, he, was, he was in the Saint Joan. That he, he played Cochon who's got. Uh, loads of violence and some big speeches in the Sybil Thorndike um, St. Jones. He was, a, he was a very experienced actor but he it, it, it is quite an odd presence. And he's a character that's quite, in the in the script book you go, oh, he's got some quite
1: sort of meaty stuff mm. but when in, you're watching you watch yeah. It's yeah. just a slightly confused <laughs> so, old man. But yet vital because now he needs to ask the questions we're asking to get yeah. him to, to establish in the rocket what, what happened. Can we assume in this scene that Quatermass is like, because he's gets increasingly, I think, scared. Whereas everyone else is sort of confused and puzzled. Uh, Quatermass starts to that can we assume that Quatermass is thinking, well, alien interference? Whereas the journalist, and logical people, you go, it's a hoax,
2: or like they weren't in it as well. Well, is it because Patterson says something, doesn't he, to the inspector Quatermass? He goes, why did you have to tell him that? Um, yeah, it says there's no way this, this door could have open. opened. And then yeah. it's like, well, is that fault? And Quatermass then has to say, well, it could be. Yeah. I don't know if the in- inferences that Quatermass has said, daily and I think the inference is Quatermass is going, this is all my fault. Quatermass is a, a rather unlucky fellow who carries the weight of his misfortune along with him. It's suggested in Quatermass Two that his, you know, that his wife has died. You know, and, and, and you know he gets a daughter, but that's revealed in Quatermass Four. She, she's, she's dead. She's got killed <laughs> yeah. in an auto car accident. So, so you know, Neil, Neil decides that the weight, the scientific progress that this man makes, comes at a huge personal cost, and the progress that he makes involves a lot of sacrifice. That makes him feel very guilty, and that just makes him a more interesting character than the flawless, square-jawed hero, I guess. In which is what
1: makes him a, a, an interesting character. And you can see why, if that's so so important to Neil as he as he created the character, uh, you can see why he was upset about Don Levy Hammer, who just basically punches everyone verbally until they do. Well, the doesn't he say in the film? I, I, I... I don't let human
2: feelings get in the way of science. And yeah. you go well. That's exactly what stops you being as interesting as the guy in the television.
1: Well, this argument that he, he, functionally, certainly in the, the, the film, when you've got the triumvirate of Briscoe, Lomax, and Quatermass, Quatermass is the villain. Obviously. Yeah, it's he like he's the amoral yeah. scientist. And Briscoe and Lomax are the, are the heroes. Yeah. To well, David King Wood is essentially, you know, would have been a good, decent Quatermass yes, as, as Briscoe in the film. Anyway, I'm no great fan of of
2: Levy and I know that maybe people that saw him first. You know, like that prosaic I know I spoke to John Carpenter for the book Yeah, I've been very lucky Um, And, and, you know, Carpenter loves Don Levy Because he brings that sort of Down-to-earth, uncompromising You know, that's what you've got to be If you're a pioneer sort of thing And that that is all very logical And I see that as a sort of logical take On a particular sort of character But
1: I think it lessens what Quaternass is Yeah, very very much so But when we're introduced to Lomax Who, for the rest of the series Becomes the second lead Yeah He seems initially more abrasive than he, uh, Jack Warner does in the, the film and presumably Jack Warner has to be sort of the nice character to contrast how horrible Quaternus is but is there um, more of a balance is that how the reason Nigel Neal doesn't like either lead character in, in the film Lomax seems a bit cross because the film Lomax is again of a particular type
2: the sort of chirpy I mean Lomax's dialogue is very Val Guest the sort of ch- chirpy, and he's pomper, played by Jack. And he's played Warner. by Jack Warner. Yeah, a couple, a couple of months out from doing First Exposed. Yeah, um, and he's he's of a particular type. I think I, I see Lomax as a. He's very polite and he's quite elegant. He's quite a refined detective inspector. But what he's doing is at odds with what Quatermass wants. And I love that bit where, you know, Quatermass says sort Sup, of subpoena me and I'll answer that. You know, there's, there's quite a... But Lomax is very nice to it, but he's very gently trying to get to the truth. I really like Lomax as a character. And as you say, Neil seems to as well, because he, he it's interesting how sort of Patterson sort of gets less and less to do and Marsh vanishes. Mm. Because Marsh, I think Mary Watson is certainly... Sounded out about episode three, or is an early list for episode three? And, and it, it's not, is he not in episode three? Because in the script book, he's he
1: cues he the projector up, doesn't he?
2: That's in episode well, two. In episode two. Okay, so in episode so the last, and he doesn't actually do that much in episode two. In episode no, two, he's in that first scene, he cues the projector up, and he says, You know, Lomax is on the phone, but he's not in episode two much. And you sort of get, you sort of do think they decided he's not that much
1: Cop and uh, got <laughs> because Marsh is actually in both first two films yes uh, is, yeah, yeah. i think left he's left. the only one at the end of the first film he's the only one that quite imagine speaks to, yes you know, yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah but but that's pure speculation on my part but there's
2: certainly a list for episode three that, that, that marsh is on like, a character list initially and we do know that he was sort of writing as he went along but it was actually better planned than that it wasn't you know they, they have seen breakdowns so out it sure. like this romantic notion that it just sort of
0: came out it's not true you know all all the they knew what they were pre-filming very far oh so he'd got a problem Synopsis. Ah, oh, Professor, just the man we want to see. Uh, take a seat. You know, without a certain amount of help from you... Why a... are you treating Victor Caroon as a suspect in a criminal case? Oh, come, Professor. That's rather hard. When the Wimbledon police report, we have to make if it. I, I can, can save you any time, this contains particulars of all three members of the crew. Charles Green, Ludwig Reichenau, and Victor Caroon. Find it all there. Personal descriptions, medical histories, academic achievements, professional activities, politics and fingerprints. I am convinced that the only inquiry likely to serve a useful purpose is a scientific one, and I propose to carry that out myself. I've had Caroon transferred from the hospital. Good day. To your research station? sub me, and I'll answer that. Uh, just one moment, Professor, if you please. Would you mind taking a look at this? The best. Give us that contraption. We obtained this from the rocket this morning, with your permission. It belongs to one of the missing men. It's just as you discovered it last night. As far as I can see, yeah. Look, I believe specially designed clothing is worn with it underneath. Now, if it were being removed from a body, I said if, this would go first, followed by the link sections of the inner garment. Well, you can't just slip out of it, if that's what you mean. Each section has to be... It's all there in one piece. Linked. There must be some fairly simple explanation. I thought perhaps you'd be able to help us, Professor. It's
1: been commonly quoted from Neil that uh, he hadn't finished the scripts when it started. By the way, episode 1 went out. But is it the case that he had no idea how to finish it at all? No, he No, for, for example, even when they're casting it, they know that Victor Cruz is not going to be six. Yeah. So, so no. And, and,
2: you know, a lot of the... Fi- so, uh, the first filming is done at the beginning of July, so they know things like... A 3D film that's going to be in Episode 4 is going to be there, even if he hasn't written all the stuff around it they've got. They have to know enough to be able to plan the pre-filming in
1: advance. The pre-filming for Episode 4 wasn't done in the build-up to Episode 4, it was done in the build-up to yeah. production. I like the facts that throughout, it starts in Episode 2, it goes on there, the Metropolitan Police, when they become involved, has a missing persons case. Yes! Yes, and I—I I was just thinking back. Um, I recently visited Orford Ness on the south coast, where they were testing like ballistics and like early like, early flight testing, or flying crew at the RAF, and later tested like uh, the ballistics for nuclear missiles. And like, like the whole thing, sort of like closed off. and It's not Birders uh, and National Trust, and the idea that if something flying from Orford Ness crashed in Central London, the idea that the Metropolitan Police would just wander <laughs> over and go, oh, "Can we investigate it?" No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, no, you yeah. can't. Yeah, no, yeah. the MOTs over this.
2: Yeah, be able to sort of uh, then approach the government department yeah. responsible to go, "Can we have a look at your files?"
1: Because we, yeah, we're we're, we're taking over. Now. Can I take this spacesuit? Yes, yes, of course no. you can. So, so. so um, Victor Caroon is taken. He's uh, taken to, to hospital, hospital, hospital first and, and yeah. fingerprinted. By why is he fingerprinted Well he does say Why are you treating him As a subject In a criminal case uh, Oh but they
2: do There's a character Because Lomax says to Best Why You know, why have yeah. you done that He just said Well I, you know, I'm sorry I should he's, he's covering all the
1: bases uh, When does he expect To find his fingerprints <laughs> <argument>? <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's, it's handy that he does it, It's you know, very uh, handy he does That yes. very lovely Brilliant bit where we discover the fingerprints to all three Street indeed yeah right so that's the, the, the assimilation yeah. of, uh, subplot which is, uh, is, is also true. not in the film to its yes. cost Or well, <laughs> very, very briefly I think there's a bit in the chemist way where he says crew knows nothing about chemists there's no but greens and that's the only thing. is that in the movie oh, is, is that is it's that definitely the movie? in the TV I don't think the movie has oh, any because okay. so, they just go those fingerprints aren't even human and uh, go, that's, that's much less interesting than yeah it being his, his. Three humans all combined But we also In that scene Judith gets a bit More character development With the event That she reveals That she's Although she's married To, to Karina, Karina she's, she's going to leave him For the as yet unseen Dr. Briscoe. Dr. Dr. Briscoe. Brisco, yeah. Brisco. And she just says Like just She tells Quatermass I'm, I'm going to leave him And the absolute Casual institutional sexism Of just like Oh who are you leaving him for Then Is that the only reason You would let leave him? Yeah. You can't just leave It's 1953 A woman can't just Leave her husband Yeah, yeah It's, yeah, got, it's got, got to go To, got to another husband Another husband, there's an examination of Karun. They realise that his face is, is changing, so there's, there's physical change. Yeah. And once Lomax and best. They're back at Scotland Yard. He's taking his fingerprints for beyond the dramatical reasons of realising that their fingerprints are changing for no reason reasons that, they, that I can see. We see in the newspapers that they're being hailed as heroes but there's when Quater Maslow comes angrily and then says why are you treating Korea as a criminal? The, the scene where we, it's revealed he's, the police have removed a pressure suit from the capsule and that they know that the pressure suit can't be in this state yeah. unless the person is in it yeah. which they're not yeah. is, is lovely it's it's magnificent. Clear. It is, yeah and it's it could be so clumsy because you have to explain to the audience that the, the undersuit it, comes off piece, piece it, by piece. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it works really well. And crucially, it's Lomax that does that. And Quatermass, it's, it's a real, oh shit, moment for yeah. Quatermass. It's great, yeah. Because yeah, Lomax. Lomax has worked it out and Quatermass yeah. goes, well no, oh, blimey. Mm. And this is what I love about yeah. it. best that notices the fingerprints. So suddenly it's all, but everyone's getting their moment which yeah. I rather like. And no, no one person's just like, Dominating the whole thing. No. Quatermass is out of his depth, yeah. as he would be. I mean, he's trying his best, yeah. but he's he's as strong as this And it sort of then legitimises the fact that you've got this police investigation because yeah. it's actually the police that make those couple of breakthroughs, even though they can't make the sense of them without then
2: referring it to Quatermass, who who needs to confirm what they're suggesting is true. So that's you know, and that's a good way of telling the story, because it's not people telling each
1: other stuff that they already know. Yeah, it's, in it's order genu- to genu- tell us stuff. genuine genuine development that isn't, as I've already explained to you, lines right, that is. There's New York as well. Yeah. So we arrive at what we assume is uh, London Airport. Dr. Briscoe and Louisa Green, one of Char- yeah. Charles Green's wife, arrive. But the press are already there, uh, immediately pressing for information. Quatermass tries to get them out, but not before the press have got hold of them, and not before Fuller Love establishes, but beyond doubt, that there were three men in caps capsule before they leave. But Louisa Green, not given as much probably interesting stuff to do as, as Judas. No. She's hysterical when she arrives. One assumes she was hysterical when they left Australia. <laughs> We established quickly in the way they WA changed in Singapore. Dr. Briscoe, must have <laughs> had had a awful journey, <laughs> listening to her <laughs> screaming there as well. I'm surprised he's not pissed. <laughs> not. But there's, as you've already said, it establishes logically. Like you're taking reason for treating treating Kuru like criminal. You can't have killed the women's line because it's too obvious. It's like as the line is, yeah, it's like throwing someone off Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't, you can't do it until it's another line. When they talk about the, the fingerprints, they use the line central pocket loop. Is that a real term? I don't know. Do you know? I, I should have at that up, yeah. I
2: shouldn't I? Is that an actual? Yeah. Is that an actual fingerprinting phrase?
1: I really, I really should have looked at that first. don't I mean, thing to please.
2: It might have been one of those things I looked up and written down and then forgot. It used to be I could remember everything. but Now what I do is I put
1: it in my head and I write it down, and then it doesn't doesn't does need to doesn't need because I've word. written it down. So that might be in the book. I don't
2: know. If it isn't, I mean, If it's it is, it is, it it is the
1: so they take Karun to the the Rocket Group Research Centre Briscoe then notes his blood pressure pulse temperature uh Possibly low for a few shades of spiritual from Space. Yeah. yeah, nicely used in that as well. Which and also has
2: a Doctor Lomax referred to in it, but I think it was a Doctor Lomax in Emergency Ward Ten as well. Right. So I think that
1: that's just a coincidence. But there's there's a, that I that think that there's a, there's a stage of thievery before played or love homage before that. There's a, it's a film about sixty six called Invasion. Yeah. yeah that yeah. Robert Holmes did the original. Yeah. In Florida, which involves an, a man arriving in a, a woods during a meteor shower that's taken to a hospital and things. Yeah. So, yeah. I think <laughs> it's a bit wrong. It seems familiar. Yes. <laughs> But because the first time you encountered these things is, is often Doctor Who, you're stage backed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So Briscoe and Quatermass speculate, as they from, from what they can see from, from crew physically changing about the, the causes of space travel on the human body, and it's hard now to imagine. But in 1953, the long-term effects of space on the human body were genuinely unknown. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If they talk about him like taking 30 Gs. Yes, yeah. and <laughs> that would that. That's, if he survived did he survive that his bones probably would change. Shape. Yes. yes. <laughs> but yes, that's
2: I mean that's what helps the potency of the drama in a way, that stuff that we know. But I mean Neil's writing about this only five or six years later, so yeah. to go, we take this stuff for granted now, but yeah. when I was writing it we actually didn't know no, the very act of going into space could mean anything because was you know, pitched up as daylight, empty and cold. You know, it's all of that stuff. It was a mystery. So in a sense,
1: he could have done all sorts with it. So the fact that actually what he does is, even though it's outlandish science fiction, is still pretty plausible and sort of low key in terms of it's the infestation of one man hmm. and all that. Um, it's to his credit really that he doesn't make it sort of large scale and stupid. We also get um, a rare bit of character. For Quatermass, when he says he, he regrets not devoting his life to land surveying in the tropics, so, yes, which, which is, I don't think is in the book, isn't it? I think that. The I think that yeah. monologue gets
2: gets wiped out of the book. But yes, yeah, he has a little bit of a monologue while they while they drag Duncan the mountain. He's the only person left in, I think, while they go. And, yeah, while they go and get Caroon. So Quatermass has to say
1: something. Oh okay, that's why right. it's just yeah. So Judith comes in and tells Quatermass that Louisa is here, and she wants to speak to Charles Green's wife. Here, and he wants to speak to Caroon to find out what happened to her husband, and then. Judith tells Briscoe that she's staying with Karun. But I, I think Briscoe is very stoic about this. and Just as yes. well, that's, that's the one. I think that's because he basically just goes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I don't absolutely. need to make... I don't need to I, I think I'm going to
2: get to hug her in episode six. Yeah, <laughs> I don't... I, I think
1: just just... <laughs> time's on my side. I don't need to make yeah. a big deal of this now. This situation will resolve itself. Anyway, Louisa Green comes in and she speaks to Victor. And even though Victor... I mean, Lamont has a lot more lines in this than Richard Edwards doesn't. He doesn't speak it, but he still doesn't doesn't say a huge amount, but he refers to her as her husband referred to her in you know, so a yeah, character bit. Is like, called Lou? Lou, that's yeah. right, yes. because she, she, she's Charlie, Charlie had to call me Lou. Yeah. yeah. Which is when Quatermass asked Briscoe that he has some film that he took, right, so we so we can see. Yeah. yeah so so we can see the end. Now, yeah, so I thought, and yeah, sorry, you said mix episode too, Marsh. Marsh this as well, but we show the the film sequence, and you have Briscoe commenting on the film sequence, and it's probably more relevant to, to the film. Is this Neil inventing the found footage genre? You know, oh, well, I thought of it
2: like that. I mean, it's obviously it's there. I think we need to. I, I think we would lose something if we didn't know those characters, even though. We don't actually see an awful lot of them. The fact that Reichenheim is very funny and does the trying to sound heroic wearing the spare parts of a vacuum cleaner, you know, and he sort of
0: jokes about it a lot. Crashing with pretty ladies. Yeah, yeah,
3: yes! Bit. Ah, ah. Bit. Which yeah. Uh, I had to actually listen to. I didn't know he'd said because it, it's quite a muffled on yeah. the thing. You have to listen hard or
2: read the script or whatever. Uh, but he's, you know, he's obviously a jolly fellow, and it's interesting that, you know, in a lot of drama where Germans were still the bad guys... Uh, Nigel Neal has this jolly scientist who's on our side. Uh
1: we have to assume that, like, like the real world like he's a, an ex-Nazi working on working inside <laughs> science <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in, in in a bid for immunity, as as was genuinely happening in the US and, and the USR But it obviously it's, it gives a chance to show Karun as a, a normal man to to contrast what he what he has now. But they do sort of rather force in the end when oh that's when Ruckenheim speaks German. Ah, oh, that's a joke because Karun doesn't speak German. Yeah, well, everyone got that, folks. But it, I like that I think, I think that's I think that's
2: really nice. The only thing I think doesn't Quite work about that that works better in the script book is that Quatermass says I didn't know he spoke German and uh, Briscoe goes neither did I whereas I think in the book he goes he doesn't you know it's mm-hmm. not that I because there's still someone saying going oh I'm not sure,
3: I'm not sure whereas it needs to be I think more emphatic oh no he definitely didn't speak right, German okay. uh, but I think that bit where he, he starts speaking in German is the best bit of egg footage that we have from the Quatimass experiment. And I think that scene is, is great. Because, I mean, Duncan
2: Mott is brilliant, and even though he doesn't have many lines. That, that sort of mournful, sort of golem-like countenance that he has and uh, uh, is a really clever, good piece of casting. But that, and that bit where, where the German starts coming out, you've just established that he can't speak German,
1: is, I think, a great moment. Do we ever establish what, what Ragenheim says to him in the footage, where he what because he, he says something in German at the end. He said, Oh, that's a joke of Karun. Yes, I don't. And again, you don't get it in the episode, you I get don't. it in the script, Rocket. It's something like, however it works out in this world or the next, oh, okay. or something like that. He's not no. calling him a cuck. No, 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 <laughs> that's no, no. But Karun doesn't react to, to, to the film in any any useful way. But then we established that there's a sound recording on the rocket. Did we establish that in episode one? Or is that. I don't think so. No, okay. I just wonder if it's added it in, but it's. And then you get the first of snappings because like Briscoe says look just leave Caroon for a moment and then like for the first time Quatermass properly snaps and says I've got got to know Uh, and then immediately says sorry (laughs) (laughs) lovely (laughs) presumably they've just not been able to to retrieve the sound file but when Karun does speak German Briscoe says my, my German isn't very good <laughs> yeah and after a really but complicated te- technical question yeah he basically talks rocket science yeah. in German I, I, I can't, can't ask
2: for a grapefruit from the
0: shop <laughs> but I can ask you how the what is it, how the gimbal system is decontrolled and understand
2: the answer which is about something like removing it from its independent axis. because independent axis are the sort of words you always know in German <laughs> you know Briscoe's troubled
3: he's
1: too modest <laughs> great so Lomax Comes to work And wants to Fingerprint Victor again Just, just Because we have made Too bad a job of him What the hell for You've
0: established His identity You've established Where he is What are you going To get
1: From fingerprints But Patterson Is in the rocket Isn't he And, he, yeah. and he's found the, the fault that caused the, the, the ship to go further Than it did in the first place But in doing so We have the major Plot development At the end of episode 2 Which is He's found something On the wall yeah, some powdery substance. It's, no, it's Briscoe who then they come to investigate. He says colloidal, colloidal, yeah, organic. Yeah. But he says organic like it's a synonym for colloidal, and mean, like as in like colloidal is like some bits in something like a, like a, like a cordial like, like but then he says organic. I don't know. Maybe I misremembering but he says colloidal, organic, as in. But it's, it's colloidal. Colloidal. Oh, colloidal. It's right. colloidal. Yes, which I, I I I do know what that means somewhere. Uh, but, and, and they did change it Because he also says He says
2: Powdery um, heavy. heavy But then the original line is Because he says In the finished episode That Pastor says That stuff's everywhere um, It was originally That jelly's everywhere But I think that ah, okay. Is it
1: powder? It is it general? jelly? What is it? Um, is there a line that it's well, it's on the it's on the walls, but it's spreading from mm-hmm. a, 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 a Yeah, central, central fugal force is spreading outwards like from, from somewhere. Well, that's I mean that's yeah. the really creepy because yeah. if some yeah.
2: central fugal forces spreading outwards from somewhere like, and they go where and they go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's like basically, uh, yeah. which is horrible. Yeah, that's brilliant. brilliant.
0: Yeah. What is it? Well, it is a sort of powder, but it's heavy, and I would say colloidal or organic. Is there any more of it? Yes. I tested different points. Bats dust everywhere, lining the wall behind the gridding. Centrifugal force might have spread it out from. We're well, well from here. A lot of it? Yeah. What went on here? What did it do to them?
1: Oh, it's generally sort of passing as well. And then, I think possibly in a callback to, to the end of the first episode, Patterson again has a major freak out as yeah. the, the episode as he screams. Yeah, um, and, and a great episode ending, I mean, Yeah.
2: what went on in here, Yeah. yeah. what did he, he do? screams the lie, what does he do to them? Yeah, he, but he does it in a good way, because again, that's the sort of thing that you worry about if you saw it in an episode of Doctor Who, it might be some. Right, colloidal, a okay. homogenous non-crystalline substance consisting of large molecules or ultramicroscopic particles of one substance dispersed through a second substance. So colloids include gels uh, and emulsions. Part- the particles do not settle and cannot be separated out by the So yeah, it's a non-crystalline substance, colloidal. And in 1953 they expect
1: us to know that. we be better educated. The development, development, development. Well, I don't know. Because now that's very Reefian. But now yeah. we've looked that up. Yeah. Yes. You. You. I wonder if they were thinking we need to phone Blaker and say to him, as I've already told you, Mister Blaker, colloidal means. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that's it. All we can see. Yes, that's the end of episode two, and everything now is a mixture of the script book, the camera scripts, as uh, as we have them, and luckily for for me, your research. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just. So the third episode. The first episode we don't have special knowledge. Um, Patterson gets drunk and talks to journalists, doesn't he? That's yeah. The, we get the first. Um, well, we've already had established that Patterson's becoming a bit unhinged. Um, we get the first. It's, there's there's a problem between Patterson and Quatermass because Patterson wanted to be one of the astronauts. Yes. Yeah. And Quatermass, Quatermass wouldn't wouldn't let him. So that when they when they listen to the the audio recording themselves, Patterson basically is critical of all the people as he, as he hears them, isn't he? He criticises Ruckin' for being too jolly. Yeah. Like, as, if, as if that's a bad thing when you're facing huge levels of stress To stress to be funny and then whatever's happened, it's somehow, it's, some, it's, 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 it's somehow there for Yes, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm um,
2: reassured by Hugh Kelly's performance in episode two that a bit that I have to say, you know, looking at the script, you sort of go, this is an area where the serial might not work in the, you know, I've seen enough unhinged scientific, uh, base commanders played by Prentice Hancock or whatever, to know that that stuff can sometimes not work particularly well. And I think Hugh Kelly, who Cartier had used before, um, uh, has that has that controlled jitteriness off to a tee and does it very well. So I hope, uh, it doesn't really matter because we'll never see it, but I, I, I hope that was an aspect of it that uh, wouldn't cause us too much embarrassment we'll able to see it today I think. You know, I think that, but, it, but it is a, it, it a
1: trope that has the potential for, for not quite working. Um, I also think it's probably, because he's sceptical he's of, any, of anything fantastical like an alien has taken over the, 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 the astronauts, it makes it easier then for Quatermass to make the sort of logical leaps about what's, what's actually happened. But perhaps it isn't, again, it's missing from the film. Well, clearly, what's happened is this alien life form's taking them over. Well, yeah, that does fit all the facts, but that probably isn't your go-to explanation. Yeah. But if that's you're more likely to believe that when you've got Patterson then going like, no, no they're just getting your credit. Well, no, I have to think about this. They haven't because yeah, yeah, it's to go as well. I mean, yeah. So actually, the, yeah, the, the more down to earth theory yeah. is the one being given by the crazy guy. Exactly. Who's yeah. His nerve. Yeah, and that's that, that, that's, that's very clever point. Yeah, very, very very much so. Um, Briscoe identifies the the, the the substance as potentially human tissue, and we are led to the logical conclusion that what's on the walls is all that's left of Reckonheim and green. But then we're introduced to a, a new subplot that doesn't really go anywhere beyond providing what's supposed to be, as I understand, the, the climax the climax to episode three. Low Mexico is quite a an mass and he, he warns him that he's received information that people want to kidnap through, but we don't really know why or who mm-hmm. they are. No. Um, Quatermass wants to take Karun to the rocket and play him the, the tape because he's a he wants to know what happened. Um, Mister Um for obvious reasons, Lomax doesn't want him to because it's hard to guard him there. But, but, but Quatermass, Quatermass does it anyway. Given that the the the, the kidnap subplot is done away with quickly in episode four, and is it
3: is there is there any reason for it other than just to provide a, a way of getting get. Getting Karuna away from Great I I think it's the the
2: weakest part. Uh, uh, Notwithstanding the fact that Jack Rodney would have been great as the as the kidnapper because he specialised in playing sort of these little scripts and kidnapped people. Um, uh, I know Neil had trouble with it um, because he, he he went through quite a few different ideas and crossed them all out. So. Um, uh, he, uh, for example, he decides that um, perhaps one of the, the, the reporters is actually a Crack Rocket fan and then he, well, he just writes down insert plot to kidnap <laughs> so, so he's obviously going, I need I need to get him out of there, but I, I don't know how, so the, there's this really weird it's this sort of whole contrived thing let's take him back to Miss Wilde's house in order to see if he remembers stuff, which of course then makes it more vulnerable to kidnap um, so
1: it, it, it's a, they go through a lot of things to get him to get him out. Nowadays, you'd probably do it that he'd um, he'd, you know, he'd be at the research station and he'd wake up and then like kill a couple of guards and, and wander and, off, and, and wander oh, off, which is pretty much what happens in the film. They try and break him out of hospital, and then he, but then the, there's the awkward scene with the, the wife in the car, and then he, he yeah, just well, yeah, out. because the wife gets Howard, <laughs> um, uh, Harold Land doesn't she yes, as doesn't a hospital happen. orderly, yeah. so, but
2: he's a fake hospital orderly, he's, yeah. a, he's a bit of a And he gets killed. And he gets killed. Um, uh, So, yeah, but to give it a bit of spy stuff, and I suppose you could say, you know, there's a bit of Cold War paranoia in there, if you like, with, you know, the Russian, well, it's not Cold War, but, you know, but but, but Russians being the bad guys, giving it a bit of an international flavor of that they've heard that this astronaut's come back, so they've gone, well, he must know some really important things, so we'll kidnap him. It's quite tenuous. And as you say, it's dispensed with pretty quickly because. Caroons mutating and the car crashes. It's interesting that in the in the script book um, the kidnapper has dialogue with the driver. Yeah. Uh, but the driver is a non-speaking extra in the thing. So the driver doesn't actually have any lines in the in, in the thing. So it's just it's just the kidnapper talking. Um, uh, and yeah, the, the car crashes and uh, but it's that that's in the next That's supposed to be oh so you've got the mysterious reporter, that's right. Oh yes, the photograph photographer, yes. the queen yeah. like Walters Squareface. Square face, that's square face. That's only in the book. What's right. really interesting is in the script he's Lewis Wilson playing Walters, but quite often in the script he's referred to as Wilson. And Lewis Wilson had done theatre with Nigel mm-hmm. Neal. And I, I wonder if Nigel Hill had gone, Well, let's get my mate in to play this part and then when he was typing it up, he was getting confused between Walters ah,
0: and Wilson because he's got off Wilson in the oh, screen. Okay. Um, so so and there's a few there's a few people in Crazy Mass Experiment who'd worked in theatre
2: with you Nigel know, Hill. Yeah. And the fact is referred to as square thing. Square and face. And a square I think thing, that's I think that's just so that he
1: can let us know something that the audience don't know. You know, that square, square face. Yeah, yeah. As well, before that, there's um, we have when they when uh, Quatermass and Briscoe play the the sound of uh, the, the sound recording of the, the astronauts' last moments to to cool on the rocket, we get a genuine flashback sequence, don't we? Yes, you know, we lost, uh, where they fade into, or according to the script, they fade into the, uh, the recorder and then fade out, and it's yeah, and you've seen the pre, yeah,
2: the pre-, pre- filming,
1: yeah. yeah, that was that was done at the beginning of July, yeah. But, of but is that is the scene. Leading up to that, where they were on the rocket, presumably it was also filmed, because so all the scenes on the rocket filmed. No, and I think one of the reasons the flashback is filmed, because
2: it's in the same set. So no, the the, the scenes on the rocket in space are filmed, oh, and the scenes, and I, I guess the reason they did the one at the end of episode one, beginning of episode two, is because they're very short sequences. Right. but because quite a lot of the action takes place on the rocket in episode three, that was done with... St- Stuff used for the set for the filming, but I think it didn't use quite as much. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's quite as elaborate a set. But no, there there is stuff on the rocket set, not filmed. done live
1: for for episode three. But what we learn from that is that something unseen enters the the rocket, and what sounds incredibly chilling is when they slowly disappear from their suits when there's a scene where I think there's it, it, the direction that he's, his arm is just is just yes, empty, empty. Empty. Yeah. and then he's gone as well. And then, no, Nickaroon is, 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 is there, that sounds really chilly. Yeah. It's an effective sequence in the, in the film because that's all that's all we have. When they have that space but that's totally silent. This, yeah, no, I think again, I think, film. Film. I think
2: the film loses something yeah. because you've got two actors credited to screen, and yeah, I right, Film but they don't, they just sort of get up and fall over, whereas doesn't write an I'm like Mrs. Victor. I can't the see. see into, yeah, yeah, and, yes. and that, just the economy of that, yeah. but that and you can only was, hear it. Oh yeah, yeah, God, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which again is Neil seems so good at what you don't see, what you what you paint yeah. in, in your own imagination as well. Um But yeah, from, and from that they just, they take they take care as we've said to to relax in Missus Wilde's dilapidated house, where he sees. A cactus gets upset by it for reasons unknown, staggers to the kitchen, and then you have the square face who wants to take a picture of him. Um, clearly, he's a plant for, 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 for others. Off screen, there's an altercation, and it appears that the photographer is killed by Karun, who somehow puts his hand in the cow ca- ingests the cactus in mm-hmm. some way into his in, in, into his hand, and then he's kidnapped by, by two... Um, by two people who arrive who arrive by a car. Now I'd understood that because from the script it was the end of episode three, but I'm understanding now that might not be no, the No, that's to not the end of episode three. It's spooky, um uh so yeah he 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 mm. loves his past the Wild, well, goes into the kitchen um do, 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 where uh, yeah um, and then Quatermass is talking with that's
2: right. So um mm-hmm. Love in the inner journalists are arguing that the rocket had a military purpose. And that peaks. Walter. No, so actually Walter's Walters doesn't die. Walter's is the photographer. Yeah, he's square face. Yeah. He doesn't die in episode three. Oh. He makes it to episode four and, it, and is this sort of shady figure. So what happens is Karun disappears to the kitchen and focusing on the cactus. So he cries oh. out in distress and he, he, he lurches past Miss Wild and goes into the kitchen. So that's where we leave Caroon. And then Quatermass is talking to Lomax, and they talk about that whatever entered the rocket was a living thing, but not as we know life, an invisible creature capable of passing through solid steel. And Lomax asks why this intelligence went into the rocket and then simply leave, and Quatermass suggests perhaps it didn't leave. And Lomax goes, you mean him, and, there's a, and, a, and the camera tracks in on Quatermass. And that is the ending to episode three, as opposed to the action of the kidnap, which all then takes place in episode four. Right, is that because seen
1: as a, a complicated sequence to do, or and in rehearsal they decided this would be better, or that they thought this had a better dramatic beat on which to end the episode? Uh, purely guesswork on my part, because the the, 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 the the ending I've just given you is from the canon script. Mm. That the ending that we all are more familiar with is is from the script book. I simply think a
3: dramatic moment of impending you know, doom. Is probably easier to pull off as an episode climax than a kidnap when you've got three cameras. And I, you know, I can imagine the sort of because I don't know even if you see the kidnappers, do you? It's, sort of it's, the it's, door, made, it's all the doors open off. and the yeah, cars yeah. outside. And I, I, I think it wouldn't necessarily have been entirely clear even if
2: they'd done that sequence brilliantly. Even some viewers, some, and that's what happened in those days. There were some scenes where some viewers didn't quite know what had gone on. Yeah. And and you'd have to live with some of
0: those, but I don't think you'd have them as the ending. i've always been secretly afraid that sometimes something would happen that we couldn't deal with well i'll do everything i can to help i don't just mean karoon come on let's get this over with. what we can be responsible for you know 30 years ago i'd almost decided to devote my life to land surveying in the tropics that at least would have harmed only myself in the synopses
2: the women's heard screams are heard in the living room and Karuna's gone and the car speeds off so it's certainly in the synopsis that the episode finishes as it does in the script book but they've clearly sat down and gone so that was what we have had in the book yeah. that we used to probably had near, near wanted that yeah. way. but then they've had to compromise and in fact I wonder mm. is the false cliff having you have the action with Karun and Miss Wilde, and he goes into the kitchen and Miss Wilde says, oh no, it's locked, it's fine. And then and Lomax arrives, so we don't actually have that scene okay. where they're going, oh, oh something, something something's happened. entered. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's almost, it's like a, a, a false
1: addition, just to end it on an easier spot. Yeah. So in episode four, the kidnap plot goes, crashes and burns, literally. Yeah, Karun kills the driver by touching him. The cat crashes, and the other the kidnapper is, is fatally wounded. Yeah, um, Quatermass tells the the press that Victor's been abducted to put the word out. Lomax doesn't want him to, and the subsequent manhunt is is scaled back because Lomax's bosses essentially say he's still a national hero, even though he hasn't said anything, done anything, or established what he's done. But we can't search for him because it might upset him. Um, yeah, because because everyone's feeling very patriotic about. Done. So therefore, we've got to leave him, leave, leave him, leave him to be on the number. But we, it's then we establish in this episode that everyone Victor's killed is uh, dissolving in some way, and they use that as a logical conclusion that that's the ultimate reason for that, the ultimate fate of Reckonheimer Green. But did you say that the photographer who was killed in, in the script book and killed in, in Part Three is in Part Four alive? Yeah, yeah. So at that point, he's the only person. Karoon has killed the driver of the kidnapped car. Oh no, no, sorry.
2: The the, the
1: photographer is still alive at the end of episode. Because this scene hasn't happened The scene hasn't happened uh, yet. Yeah, has yeah, yeah. Fine, okay. Sorry, sorry. So we do establish that the, the people who, who were killed by 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 can dissolve, and therefore that was the ultimate fate of uh, of Ruck and, I, and, 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 and Green. Now, Patterson gives an interview to Fulav, who tears into to, to, Tears, into Quatermass But do we think? I mean, it's part of this sort of redemption arc that the Patterson has for his self, not sacrifice but his 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 willingness to to, to to redeem himself. Do we really find find out why? I mean, I, I, as as discussed, I like the fact Patterson is there, going, trying to think of the the non-fantastical reasons, and from that we uh, we're more ready to believe Quatermass's explanations. But we don't really get into what Patterson's are grievances are in any detail as to why he wasn't on the rocket. Really. No, and it's interesting, uh, I mean I think was it was it last episode where I was
3: talking about Neil sort of goes, I, I mean somehow yeah. we well for this episode he keeps putting
2: Patterson enters and then crosses him out and at one point just yeah. right, bites in his head, where's Patterson? <laughs> so he's obviously aware that this character and, 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 and one of his patterns, Patterson talking to the press, was that actually, Pat, you know, Patterson alerts the Reds. Yeah, is, is right. the quote, Okay, uh, is that his mouth shooting off? Is what causes some of these peripheral potential kidney nephritis? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it doesn't really come across that way. No, I know, it's no, it's... Um, uh, and 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 I, I, and he doesn't go into details of, of, of why, apart from the fact that you know, yeah, that's the sort of petty thing of Patterson thinking that he should have. But he's
1: obviously also established as well, the reason he didn't go is because he's an early character. Yeah. Who did, who did, who really crack 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 yeah. Karoon's yeah. on the run, or at least um, stumbling across wasteland. He hides in a derelict house and is found by a, a young boy um, in the game of the mm-hmm. script book. He, it's where the young boy stashes his, his space helmet and gun, because his mum doesn't like him having that. And he... Is, is, is that sequence still in the... You, in, you, the yeah, in the yeah and, and actually in... in uh, uh, some of the things that you would think are sort of, if not padding, that texture, are there really early on. The 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 Planet of Dragons film and the stuff with the boy, and he's obviously Neil is obviously very conscious as he's planning it that he doesn't
2: want it to be a crap sci-fi film, and so instead of shying away from them, he, like he does with the idea of Martians in Mass and the bit, he actually embraces it and goes, look, this is not what I'm doing. So we have a crap 3D film *The Space Lieutenant and Space Girl, and we have a kid who's got a, what, a laser gun and a, a, a toy, toy gun and that, and that sort of thing, to say, this kid reads the comic books, but this is the real thing. This is the stuff that's been sent up. This is the reality behind, behind the sender. So he's, by drawing attention to it, he's sort of Knocking any comparisons with it out of out of the water, if you like. And as I said, that stuff is
1: is there really early, the 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 kid and and the movie. So it's obviously very important to him. That scene also when the kid takes uh, to hide in the in in the the flea bit cinema, and they're watching space dragons or whatever it's called. But there's lots of lovely cutaways of the. The two the two women watching it aren't they and then they take off their glasses and go oh look it's all funny and yeah yeah on, yeah and then there's a in the middle of the film and you'd be very annoyed if if this happened now they just put up a wanted poster on the screen yes for, 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 for did, that, did that regularly happen is this a national national <laughs> we're scaling back a manhunt on a national but we're just going to put a wanted poster of the man that's sitting in the front row in the middle in the middle of this film did they pause the film or did they they put it over the top and there's enough of Karun in to 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 realise that that's that implicates him and he runs off uh, the kid is the kid is taken by the usherette for not paying his tickets to uh, to the manager oh, the manager who yeah. then alerts them and that's how the Quatermass and Lomax are, are brought in and then Karun goes off uh, to the chemist and they're great because because the, the usherette has a bit of character yeah. about her the manager
2: has a bit of character about him you know all these characters are given they're given reasons for doing what they do and it means that the scenes with them are just slightly more interesting she's a bit of a cow yeah.
1: and he's a bit harassed but tries to do their, you know they're all it's all very nicely done I think it's in the beginning of the fifth episode where the only time you see the manager I don't know if I, again this translate, this, but in Neil's notes his office has been taken over and he's standing out in the doorway trying to live in he's been immediately displaced it's, to make even that level of detail about you know this the sort of person he is, this uh, harassed easily dominated by situations and then it goes because these imagine uh, but they still have their moment yeah, yeah. even though they're, they're, they're pure plot devices yeah. there's enough about the character and the serial gives you enough time to, to breathe life into his character and Bernadette Milnes who's the uh, is his uh, attack his mother That's wow there's <laughs> yes. a, there's a of as well Karoo goes to the chemist and it ends with uh, the chemist being attacked but the fifth episode we establish the chemist isn't killed just, yeah. yeah he, he faints away. Or, yeah. Um, is there any reason for the chemist to survive? The chemist doesn't have to give any particular information that they they find out from the chemist. Well, I th- well, he's. I
2: I think he just sort of says at the moment oh, he was you know he was
1: looking for I've got the stuff in there, doesn't yeah. he? Said I think he does give them a little bit. I, I, I in retrospect, because the chemist dies in the movie, I, I I wonder if if
2: if they could have easily got away with killing the chemist. Um and worked out what the information that they get through it, but no, for whatever reason, they, they decide to have it as a bit of exposition from the from the Harris man, who does he does give he does tell them something about uh, the, you know the the stuff in the back room. or something. He does, yeah, so I'm just thinking, could you not hey, make he does? Yeah, they could. Yeah. I think they could. They've been yeah. invited to. They could have.
1: They could have <laughs> made it more lethal, <laughs> bloodthirsty, if you wanted them to. But that's when we establish. I think Briscoe finds out that he he, he knows enough that the concoction that. Has been drunk by Karun is to accelerate the change yeah. to to whatever he wants, and we establish that although Karun knows nothing about chemist Green, yeah, Green, Green 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 Green, 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 chemists, Green does, yeah. and uh, people familiar with the plot of the Ark in Space, Doctor Who will 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 we'll, we'll recognize that. Uh, yeah. So At point, Patterson's finally walked out. Yeah. He's done his nice dramatic he's says his nice leave, uh, to which Briscoe has been very nice, but Quatermass isn't there when he goes, so he doesn't have to confront him. Uh, but then we have uh, although the film starts with a slightly insipid couple we have an insipid couple in episode 5 don't we Ted and Janet but he's not being serious about getting married yes. he's, like, he's always he's always frivolous but that scene only seems to exist so a park keeper can come up and talk to them and they can react there's something going on and on duck but again they're, again, they're in the really early really? breakdowns. Oh. You've got two lovers meet at St James's Park, and the girl is frightened when she sees something, and a passing park reassures them it's just the ducks on the island. That's a, 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 there's some stuff that come, but full of love comes in much later wow. than, than them. Jesus, yeah, nice. he does like populating with the, the, the yeah the the, the, the the little characters that, that have that breathe life into well, world builders, I suppose. But the the St James's Park Duck Island sequence—that's location film isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yes. 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 So did they do that before episode one? Uh, I will Sorry. Send you in just, no, I was you're, you're all right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find that because that was early filming and in fact they mm-hmm. lose some of the filming from this episode. This episode now this is this. This episode overruns uh, and on the fly they have to go are we still on episode are we on episode
2: five? Episode you? five. Now, yeah. yeah. And on the fly they sort of have to go Right, we're going to have to lose some stuff because we're running. So, presentation may not be, going, be all going on too long. So, uh, Michael Danvers Walker, who is hired to play a, p- a policeman, films his stuff but doesn't end up in, so, in the actual episode. So, where is that trimmed from? That, that is, uh, uh, that is uh, I've, I've tried to work it out. It's not entirely clear, but um, I think it's where a, a, a woman faints. Uh, the Victoria and, Station yeah, stuff, and some of the Victoria Station stuff, and there's the stuff where I think most of the stuff at Victoria Station is cut. Um, so yeah, a lot of the stuff that was done in advance is is lost. I'm not sure the episode would have made a hundred percent of sense without some of those film sequences. But yeah, the Victoria Station stuff. Um, uh, so we can't accuse season seven of Doctor Who. Slurings, it seems. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: from that. So yeah, the woman,
2: the woman, the young policeman, the ambulance man. So the bit where she vents, I think they say, "Oh, she saw something. Ah, she saw something up on the, the on the wall, right. or something high up."
1: Which which is an important plot development. But I think is repeated in studio when they always go, "Somebody's seen something high up or something." Because there's the sequence where it's Wilfred Brown oh, okay. got Wilfred as a drunk He sees it high up. Yeah. There's something that yeah. There's a young woman. Who sees something and,
2: and it is reported by a non speaking policeman uh, whose dialogue is then given by somebody else? Is that, that all okay. is
1: that the bit where Lomax makes a logical deduction about, because he says, like, give me reports of anything, no matter how trivial, and someone says something about falling masonry at, at Westminster Abbey, and he, having heard that the, the, the Wilfred Bramble's drunk, has said he saw something big climbing a wall, thinks that could be it. Yes. I'm just looking, and another thing that struck me, and I thought when you said it, um, that but that, that line about
2: uh, "None but Charles Green had" that's not in the shooting script. It isn't. Um, okay, right. No. Ah. And so that's some of the good stuff book. that Fuller Love gets that I was referring to. That Fuller Love gets in the book where he oh, goes, okay, "Oh my god, god, it's all that, That's not that, that's so, not there. Oh, Yes. Uh, so I'm just trying to work out the bits that the bits that got cut. Sorry, listener, that's a. Since we started recording this, I thought it was better to look at some of my notes um, rather than uh, rather than do entirely as a So I have decided here right? because I spoke to one of that was Walker. He, of course he won't remember being cut from something in nineteen fifty three. He's about the only person still alive from it. He's some person that didn't end up in it. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, what happened was Cartier wrote the do Walker was the young policeman. Anyway, the screen was to start with a collapsed woman being attended by a young constable before an ambulance driver helps her. She's referred to in the dialogue, but even the casting at the beginning, that not to be excited, is Walker. But the young policeman appears later to report falling masonry
1: from high up on the abbey. Yeah, so he helps the young woman and he reports
2: the falling masonry. And
1: that's cut. cut. So without that, there's no logical connection as to why Lomax thinks to go to Westminster Abbey. Yeah, well, because then the rest of that
2: scene is Lomax and the inspector, talking about um, the young coppers' report. So it seems that all of that will have gone, and and Lomax has just guessed, guesses that something's going on at Westminster Abbey. Well, that's lucky. Yeah. (laughs) But we don't know, because this is guesswork based on the fact that Michael Danvers Walker is taken out, so therefore because they have to have records of who appeared and who didn't. Yeah. He is taken out from having appeared,
1: even though he filmed the scenes and they were in the camp. Why was the episode overwhelming? Because things just took longer. Yeah. So we, for, for whatever reason, we go to West. We go to Westminster Abbey. There's a live TV show. Uh, yep. West yeah. Westminster Abbey there's, it's uh Vernon Kidd is the... the, the uh, John Kidd as Vernon Dodds, yes. John, sorry, John Kidd, Kidd was another episode who worked with Neil and Stratford. Now, we... So, was this present this live show that's happening as a as a historian talks about the, his, the history of Westminster Abbey? Um, was this presented as a live show in in Quatermass? Is Yeah. There,
0: is, yeah. Is, 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 is
1: there is there a, does anyone think it's real? Is there a, a, a ghost watch or? Uh, no, I,
2: no, I don't. I, it's not as far as that, but uh, but uh, you know he is playing with form. And yeah. you've got somebody talking to camera, but you also we cut back yeah. into the we've got the outside broadcaster
1: Who's, who's laughably voice. bad? He turns his back on the wing. When, he yeah, yeah. when he's talking <laughs> to absolute, absolute yeah, yeah. panics. Is is good as well. So we end that episode on. Um, we find out that the creature is now massive. It's it's called they it's, it's twenty feet across. So they the handling, yeah, you see as, as as well. And that we've established because oh, so that um, they've retrieved some matter from Duck from Duck Island that Briscoe puts in uh, puts in a specimen for examination, and it, it starts eating things and preparing to spore. So from that we leap that whatever's the creature that Caroon has become is preparing to spore and is going to do it from. Is he inside Westminster Abbey though? Is he going to spore in in a room? Well,
3: I, I mean. Uh, it, it's sort of not clear. Is it? He's sort of he's in the body of the abbey
2: itself, yeah. but he's also and they can't and they can't get to yeah. they can't get to all of him.
1: But also, well. they, but he's not outside the abbey, is he? He's in the abbey. poet's he's in the poet's corner. Yeah. So it's going to spore, but quite a lot of that's just going to. It's not the most efficient way of sporing. I'm not, in, I'm inside mean, inside building. You've got to let do if you're inside a building. Did he? Did he? Why didn't he stay on the outside? Maybe to be otherwise he'd be noticed. I don't know. To obviously as well. But in episode six, did, did so Victor Caroon have any knowledge of the architecture, the architecture of Westerns? No, not all the Victor right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Or he, as, as fighting his humanity, he takes him inside to lessen the threat. I don't know that as well. But anyway, uh, in episode six, um, they get. Uh, they get the government to, to, to act and the army supposedly descends on Westminster Abbey but a large crowd has built up so they can't get it through there's the, yeah. there's the nice bit of like humanity is seeding its own destruction like yeah. as well. um is feeling very guilty he goes on telly to say sorry and ask for, for, for forgiveness and says, well we're going to try and defeat it but it's not looking good <laughs> yeah. which, is a, which is really, really helpful but they've arranged that he'll go on after the Prime Minister Oh, I've forgotten, forgotten that
2: um, I, so, I can't remember obviously
1: Winston Churchill isn't in it no but is the implication that Winston that he's giving it, we've got another darkest yeah, hour can, come, yeah, coming yeah. up we're going even though I've just been briefed about this we're going live to Westminster Abbey and don't worry we'll all be right. and then we cut to Westminster Abbey and there's great <laughs> <and> to <there's> <laughs> <you're> <laughs> <from time. laughs> sorry uh, Mary Malcolm is actually in it as herself and that might be
2: in episode 5 oh okay. she's got the BBC announcer so, yeah, okay, so. but also Neil Arden who plays the T V presenter mm-hmm. was the presenter of Housewives Choice. He was an actor, but he was also a presenter. Mm-hmm. So having him as a presenter gave it a little bit of uh, the sort of reality. I didn't use the word very similar to <laughs> too much apparently
1: and I've just used it again. But well, I think for the first time yeah. But with the the backup plan that they'll just try and destroy it but they're not particularly hopeful and uh, the historians very upset they're gonna, they're gonna yeah, seriously <laughs> damaged. Yeah. Well, it's it's brand new architecture, obviously. Yeah, a yeah. Yes, if an alien creature sort of metamorphosed <sighs> amongst the film cans of season three of <laughs> Doctor Who, you'd be just <laughs> don't burn it. <laughs> 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 we'll find another way around. Yeah. And Quatermass uh, wants to appeal to the latent humanity wow. that exists within the three astrals that have been fully absorbed, and he speaks to them individually, doesn't he? Yeah, he as well. But um, nicely double layered. It's Judith. That hasn't had much to do for the last few episodes comes up with the idea of playing the moment that they're absorbed by the creature, which we have on, on the sound yeah. recording, and that's enough to convince them to, for the creature to, 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 to kill itself. And, yes, which uh, then ties in with the whole—you know—it's yeah. an amalgam of the three men. Yeah. Something that had become a source of the mystery actually becomes a source of, uh, of, of uh, the redemption and the—you uh, know—and you know, in terms of plot. It's a it's a it's a neat payoff to, to the sort of central idea, and fits with the character of Quatermass that he will that he will try and use peaceful means to persuading someone persuading someone to kill himself kill themselves kill itself is uh, a <laughs> handy but it does it doesn't have the dramatic impact of electrocuting it in the, in the film, but it it's a more satisfying. Well, thing. and it's also much better than the uh,
2: than the idea that. Um, the monster talks and demands an Einstein, Einstein brain, brain yeah, yeah. Well, well that's an early draft <laughs> <laughs> yeah, early drafts
1: of everything can you see this like the assimilation thing can this be seen in a Cold War anti-communist context or is that really I, much I much don't much? know because Neil would always say that he wasn't a political writer uh, and I certainly think he had the but generally doesn't mean left, not the left wing though of a political writer well I don't know because I think What I think his because he's often painted as, because he writes about sort of uh, stuffy ministry types, he's, a, he's sort of painted, he latterly can be painted as quite reactionary, but he wasn't. I mean, he's got, you know, he's, he's, he's working with Cartier, who's a, 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 a you know Jewish emigre, his wife escaped the Nazis, and, uh, you know, the, the reason I,
2: I in there as a German is, I think, you know, to not to the fact that, you know, um, his, his wife is German, and, and, and that we're friends now, and all that sort of thing, and, in fact, Judith is named after his wife Judith go. I, 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 don't think he was um, particularly or reactionary. Uh, although it seems old-fashioned now because we're looking at the nineteen fifties to it. Um, you know, is uh, I, 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 I don't think he was interested. I think he was interested in humanity rather than making points about communism or you know groupthink and assimilation that sort of thing. I think he wanted to- So I think anything anything beyond that is
1: coincidental. There seems something, this isn't like the first thing anyone knows, it's, it's, it's his first original TV play, but there seems something more positive about humanity than his, his later work is often painted as quite misanthropic.
3: Yeah,
2: well,
1: uh, yes, because this is all
2: about the triumph of the human spirit, yeah. um, and maybe as he gets older, he gets fifth whoa, <laughs> actually sort that. we're all bunch assholes. Uh, uh, or, or I suppose... You know there is there is meat to be had in plumbing the depths of of our own. I mean I think Quatermass of the Pit is very clever and even handed in the, the sense that it suggests the sort of racialism that is at the core of the Martian ideology that was partially what Hitler's agenda was is actually something that is that is from you know has been programmed into us and the, and the, therefore I like I, I like I, I'm drawn to the idea that you know he's not saying all well, racism is bad what he's saying is it's... It's a primal instinct that civilization fights against and I think that's much cleverer than going uh, non racist to good and racist are bad he's going it's actually something within us all and we have to continually fight to dampen that down if we are to prosper and if we are to survive and I think that's really clever and deep and not trite um so I think I think he's at heart he's an optimist but he he filters it through all sorts of terrible things that we know can happen that's, well, so, you know, we, we sometimes look at the sort of dim you know, proper fifties as being very cosy, but everybody, everybody in the
1: Quasimass experiment lived through mm-hmm. the war, and a lot of them will have um, experienced at first hand terrible, terrible uh, 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 acts of death and destruction and, and quite you know, viscerally rendered. So, you know, we, uh, we dismiss that at our peril. What do you think is the legacy? Not just the creators, but the, the these these these, these serials. Is, is I mean, is this is this the most significant TV work
2: that's been done? Um, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I I think you know the three BBC creator serials are the templates for. I mean you know what's the legacy of the Quaters Mass Experiment? Every episode of Space nineteen ninety nine. But but you know, the infected astronaut If
1: we do better the, than that, sure <laughs> <I
2: can. laughs> the infected astronauts, the the you know, the, the conspiracy or oh, they're always, you know, based on the body snatchers, they're us, uh, and then the um superhero the, stuff as the, right. the, the the mixture of yeah, the mixture of sort of horror and sci fi that is Quatomass and the uh, pit and and, and that you know the chariots of the gods idea, you know that the that, that, that we are actually the aliens uh, are all extremely sophisticated for their time. That they're actually more sophisticated than a lot of stuff that we do now, uh, and they got there first. Uh, and also that, but they're you know they're presented. Then I, you know, I get annoyed when I see Quatermass listed in a list of cult television. It was not cult television. It was prime time viewing watched by the public and fed back by the public and. It, and it then fired the imagination of you know everybody, uh, whilst being sci-fi. Uh, before the idea was sort of cult, caught really into the vernacular, and uh, you know it's pioneering stuff. And they're very, very good productions. I mean, it's extraordinary how primitive the Quatermass experiment is compared to Quatermass, mm, yeah, which the, is the, only five. five the six learning six, curve, curve later that that is, 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 is oh, because, because the Quatermass experiment is is. You know the, those big cameras that they
1: were working on. You know, which only had three. Of oh, the emetrons, yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't Didn't they even get the images upside down? Yeah, as well. Because well. and, and, and they weren't even the best cameras the BBC had, were they? Yeah. they're doing the, the, the most ambitious production. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, uh, so you know, they were they were inventing how to do television as they went along, um, and they made an impact. I wish we could see the four. So it's a crazy nice experiment. Interestingly, though the ones that are on paper are the most exciting, I mean, episode three, five, six had the lowest audience feedback. It was something like sixty-four, which is quite low. But that, might AI, be, yeah. that, that, that might be partial yes, but sort of audience. Um, reception and some of the reviews are quite bad and I think part of that is impacted by the fact that we haven't acknowledged is that there was a technical breakdown during episode 6 which is really interesting because of course it's set during a live television performance
3: yes. which goes broadcast broad, yes. that is overtaken by an alien and then the live broadcast of the
2: mass experiment goes wrong so you could be forgiven for watching home and go god have the aliens taken over uh, but the, the feeling was one they played a waltz um uh, as the music, that a lot of
1: people said, took took them out of it. it wasn't appropriate, um, and to and because it was far enough along, the episode never quite gets it. Because it, I think it was just before Quaid's last speech, ah, so you sort of build into that, build into that, and then there's a stop. And they wouldn't, and it wouldn't like Reggie, stop. We've we've gone off the air. You know, like, so yeah. they'll physically have stopped. and just be hanging around. while yeah. we ready to go on? Yeah. To so the actor themselves have to build themselves. Yeah, back, yeah, back up yeah. And I suppose there's always like people are going to always when you build to a climax, there are always people that are expecting something else, and they're always going to be disappointed at the climax, regardless of what what it is, potentially. Yeah. Just don't, that's, the, the ending for something is always... If people like the build-up, they're always like a middle episode, but if they, they have anticipation of what the ending might be... Well, and also, but I think, what, what marks it out as unique um, in terms of the, the payoff being that
2: sort of speech to the inner also... Now you go, well, that's actually different to explosions and yeah. the execution at the
3: time I can see why maybe
2: people would have thought that was a dance even, they even though it's thematically apposite yeah. and, and I'm sure Tate would have done it very well because he had that that sort of
1: a, 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 a rather sad aspect to to, to the performance that he, he yeah he looks, for, he looks for
2: he looks for yeah all 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 right, he's all all right. a broken all man all so all all right. I can see him doing that that
3: rather well but mm-hmm. again
2: if you've been building up to that building up to that and then there's a break of a few minutes and then you just the energy the, the energy is just,
1: just 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 gone when you were expected to, to finish well for the final question um, somewhat predictably and not at all reductively, I'm going to ask you your favourite Quatermass. Oh gosh! Well, I, I mean, I think simply because he was the first one I saw. on, on Morell is 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 the one. Although I do I
2: do like I do like aspects of you know this forlorn thing we talk about with Richard Montaigne. Yeah. Who, by the way, they did. It's worth saying they did. They, there was a plan to remount the Quatermass Experiment um, as an omnibus right. because they knew that they hadn't got the last four episodes and it hadn't gone down very well. But but uh, and Tate was quite instrumental because he was there doing BBC directors of course was trying to push it but it, it never quite happened but it was on the cast for quite a long time There was the, the idea of doing it again in order that they would have it uh, and certainly uh, no, morale. I think even though I can see why people might think he's a bit more of a particular type of the sort of colourful eccentric uh, uh, which is is perhaps a bit further away from the original conception of the of the the harassed, the, the drawn, the, the scientists who tragedy and in the case of John Robertson in suggestion seems to have uh, seems, seems to have afflicted. Well,
1: I think we've reached the end of what a quite is quite a marathon session. Oh, how oh, how, on how, on. how however we had to do, that's what we have the editing down for, but even, 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 even so I think we'll, think we'll do it in more than one more than, more than one edition. But it just means to me to remains to me to say Toby Haydock, thank you very much for your time I hope you Hey, Hope you enjoyed it. It's been a great pleasure. Um, and any mistakes and purely because of stuff at the back of my head uh, that will be rectified in the book, which I've written down and checked. And we look forward to that coming out. We'll the details about that. Thank you.
0: Once again, my thanks to Toby for his time and efforts. Check out Toby's website, TobyHado.com, for details of his writing, upcoming gigs, and other news. Thanks also to Sarah Rubin of the BFI, Steve Horry and Andrea Kinnear. Oh, and you'll be delighted to know that central pocket loop is an actual term in fingerprint analysis. I'll put a link up on the website for anyone that wants to know more. Next time we'll be seeing what happens when Bernard gets hammered with Brian Donlevy. Bergcast is presented by Howard Ingham of Room207Press.com and John Deere from Views from a Hill and is edited by Emma Cooper. You can visit our website bergcast.room 207 presscom or find us on Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Calling, or you can email us at BirdCastCalling at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.